Alright you absolute legends, welcome back to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you very much for joining me today. It is me, your host, Ed Cunningham, as always, on an El Solo book review today. So no guest episode this Monday. This is going to be a book review of Ryan Holiday's newest book, Courage is Calling. I'm a huge Ryan Holiday fan and implement things daily into my life that I've learned from him. So I was very excited for this book and it very, very, very nearly made it into my top five books of all time. However, I've been searching for reasons for it not to go in there and I have managed to find some when I got rid of the fact that I'd just finished it and felt amazing. But before we get into that, I just want to know how you're doing. Are you doing okay? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you worried? Or are you pretty content with things? If you are not on the content and the happy side of things, then maybe you don't need to listen on. But if you are not, if you are a little bit sad, if you're feeling worried about things more than usual or more than you would like to, then it might be time to consider speaking to a therapist. I've been going to therapy now for two years and I can honestly say it has changed my life. It does take work and it is quite difficult sometimes, but the first step is always the hardest and that is getting a therapist that you like and actually sitting in a chair to have a conversation with them. BetterHelp make that process very, very simple. You just run through their questionnaire on their website and you are matched with a therapist within 48 hours based on your answers to those questions. And if you don't like that therapist, you can change them. It's a really simple process. Now you can get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp by using the code a need to read or heading to the link in the description, which will send you to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read that'll get you 10% off and it'll get you started in your therapy journey which might just prove to be the most important journey that you ever go on you never know so before we get into the actual podcast the actual book review I'm going to introduce a new feature on a need to read and it's going to be called a need to know and I'm just going to give you little bits of information that I've found out about within the last week because I'm spending a lot of time reading articles, watching documentaries and stuff like that. And I never used to find that kind of stuff interesting. And now I do. So, look, if I find it interesting, it's probably going to make its way into the podcast. So if you have anything that is interesting, cool or new that you would like me to look into or talk about, please send me an email with the subject or a link to an article that you think is cool. And maybe it'll get into an episode. You never, never know. This week, I'm going to be talking about Mojo Vision. It is a contact lens that has a micro display unit with inside it that has the amount of pixels, this may be confusing, that's 300 times as many pixels per inch as your smartphone. This is all within a contact lens which puts out augmented reality onto just your the scenes around you. There'll be bits of code attached to different areas, probably based on your sort of location or GPS, and you'll be able to see with your eyes things that are not there because it's going to be projected onto your retina from a contact lens. I've just realised now talking about that, it's going to sound really complicated because obviously I am not a scientist. Hopefully that has made sense. I'm going to leave this in for the interest of transparency, but just as a sum up of that, Mojo is a startup in California, it's an American company, and they've got a prototype lens that is going to be essentially going onto your eye, and it's not going to obstruct like vision of the real world, but it is going to be able to project things onto it. It's called augmented reality. 
it's pretty uh, cool slash scary. I'm going to put a link to the article that I found out about that on in the description. But you can also just YouTube Mojo Vision or Mojo Contact Lens and you'll see their video. It's absolutely insane. And there are so many little things like this going on in the world that no one's talking about just because someone's upset with someone else. And I think it's a bit annoying. So I'm going to start bringing you cool news every single week straight to your ears. And of course, I won't forget my main job, which is talking about books, like the nerd that I am. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Courage is Calling by Ryan Holiday. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll probably know that I'm quite a big Ryan Holiday fan. I really like his work. I've loved Obstacle is the Way. I loved Ego is the Enemy. Stillness is the Key was maybe the worst of the three, but Daily Stoic as well. I did Actually, I didn't like Lives of the Stoic, his most recent book about all of the Stoic people. I thought that was quite boring. However, Courage is Calling has pulled all of the stops. It's such a good book. It very, very, very nearly made it into my top five books of all time which I knew I had to be careful with. I'm very impulsive. I like to just live off the present moment feeling, and it's not a good thing. I would not recommend it, but that's just what I do. I said to people, quite a few people, instantly, Courage is Calling, top five book, because I feel I'm at a crossroads at the moment where I need a little bit more courage. And I think my job, just in general, involves having to speak up and to try and get noticed, which takes courage in general, and I'm a little bit conflicted in that area of my life at the moment, because you, you listen to the podcast, you might have known, I've been through a breakup recently, it's been, uh, I mean, it's not been that bad, but it's still, it's an annoying thing to happen, so I've not really been feeling myself, so I'm just starting to put myself back out there on the internet again, and honestly, if you can avoid it, becoming a, a personality on Instagram, Maybe I would say I would I would do that. I love doing it, but I can see how draining it is when you don't really want to show up. And it's I don't think it's very healthy. I'll get back to you on that one because I'm going to look into it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Courage is Calling. It's an all right book, you know. It, it opened my eyes up to quite a few things. Ryan Holiday is kind of renowned for not really focusing on many women in his books. So if we're going to start off on a criticism front, because the rest of it, I'm just going to be thinking the sun shines out of his ass. He could have included more women in there. Ryan Holiday, there are people who, who in history who are women who have done cool things who aren't called Florence Nightingale, Malala Yousaf and Rosa Parks. There are other women that have done things. I don't know if Ryan Holiday knows that. They seem to be... Oh, and Amelia Earhart was in Obstacle in the Way. I can't really remember anyone else. So if I'm going to criticise him for that, I would say that. Also... I don't know if Ryan Holiday can get any more Ryan Holiday in the way he writes, which sounds like it isn't a bad thing, but he can sometimes be a little bit robotic. And if you read this book, you'll notice what I mean. Sort of towards the end of the chapters, he gets a little bit carried away with the two or three line cliches. Um, But they are my only criticisms. Because Courage... It's in short supply, and I have this weird thing about courage. I'd, lo- I'd I'd love to be courageous. That's it's one thing I've wanted to be since I was a kid. I think I'm doing the right job of it. However, there's definitely areas in which I can improve. So, if I was to say, like, I'll give you a summary 
of a few of the chapters of the book, a few of the anecdotes from the book, and you'll be able to see if you're going to like it or not. There are about 70 chapters in this book. Ryan Holiday loves a short, sharp chapter. So if you're into that and you're into kind of understanding philosophy and you want to be encouraged to be a little bit more courageous, to be a little bit brave, to stand up when you need to stand up and to stop sort of being paralysed by fear, then this book is going to be right for you. In like one of my top five takeaways, I've said that courage is more about moving through fear quite calmly and, and smoothly than it is about not being afraid. Ryan Holiday says in the book that apathy is the opposite of courage and apathy is essentially just not doing anything. If you're frozen by fear, if you're paralysed by it, then you're being apathetic and it's it's not a desirable thing. As long as you're moving, as long as you're doing stuff, then you're being courageous. And courage, some people might look at the title of the book and be like, well, maybe I don't need courage. Like I've just got a pretty standard job, I've got a standard life. Yeah, we've, we've all got a pretty standard job and we've all got a pretty standard life. And people who have been courageous in history have had pretty standard jobs or standard lives at some point. They haven't always been these amazing people. It's usually just one or two decisions where they were called to be courageous and they just were like, yeah, I suppose I'll do it. And then they've they've been courageous and that has set the tone for the rest of their life. So there will be a time in your life and there'll be many times in your life sorry that courage will come knocking essentially and be like right hey are you ready or are you going to be apathetic are you going to not move and that's when you need to answer the call Florence Nightingale who I spoke about earlier she is a good example of this I didn't know much about Florence Nightingale before reading this book but um obviously now I do and she when she was 16 she wanted to leave her privileged life. She came from quite a rich family. She could have just been a socialite all her life. And she wanted to be a nurse. So she told her mum about that. This was the first time that Ryan Holiday would say that she received the call. And this is where she wanted to go and live a life of service. But she didn't want to abandon her family. She didn't want to bring shame on the family. She was like, nah, don't worry about it. Again, when she was about 25, after living quite a comfortable life as a socialite, she was like, maybe... Maybe I should go and be a nurse. Maybe a life of service is is for me. And at 25, she still didn't answer the call. She was like, nah, not doing it. My family are going to hold, hold it against me. They're holding me pretty, pretty fucking tightly. I'm not going to go and be courageous. And then, at the grand old age of 32, 16 years after she refused the call, she started nursing. And within a year of nursing... She was like opening field hospitals in the Crimean War. She was under fire. She was like the nurse who was just outstanding bravery. She was going into places that no other nurses would and tending to the wounded. She won loads of awards and she wrote books and she's just super famous and that's pretty much all I know of her story. The important bit is that she felt that she was called at 16. She felt that she was called at um, 25 and that she finally answered the call at 32, everything seemed to be in place for her to fulfil her potential, if such a thing exists, of course. And she could have been held back from that by worrying about what other people think. And she was super courageous just in the fact that like, she abandoned her family, she brought apparent shame on her family to pursue her desires of living a life of service. 
it's pretty noble, really, giving up a life of that much privilege. Because, I mean, I imagine it would be pretty easy if you were from a family who didn't want you to go and be a nurse because it would bring shame on them. I imagine they'll look after you pretty handsomely. So, well done, Florence Nightingale, really. One of the only women examples of the book. Um, other Another chapter, he speaks about this guy in the NYPD. He's a whistleblower on one of like the largest corruption cases in New York Police Department ever. And he's talking about how we think so much about what other people think. We often forget to consider what we think. And if you're in a situation where you're going to be a whistleblower, we essentially are keeping our voices down. We don't want to, you know, cause trouble. We don't want other people to think that we're being a snake or a grass or whatever it is like that. And that is just not good enough. When when you're faced with like a right or wrong decision, what other people think of it shouldn't necessarily come into play. It should be a case of, right, what is the right decision here? What is the good thing to do? And if it's whistleblowing, I think whistleblowing tends to be for more serious matters. It's not just like, oh, Janet's stealing biscuits from the tin again. Oh, that's not whistleblowing. That's just being a grass. He references about how much we care about each other. There's a comedian in America. I don't know him, but his name's Cyril Connolly. And he joked that there are many who dare not kill themselves through fear of what the neighbours will say. Which, of course, is a joke from a comedian, so not to be taken too seriously. But they say, if you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh. And I think what he's saying there is that we care far too much about what other people think. And there are people who are not acting out on what exactly what they want to do because they're worried about what people might say about it. I know I'm not the picture of success, but if I was worried about what people would have said about me starting a podcast about books, I never would have bothered to do it. And I did think about it, and maybe this is where I've been sort of courageous in my life, is that I thought about the negative stuff that people would say. I'm like, but like, it really, really doesn't matter. Of course, you want the people who care about you to say nice things, and maybe that's what makes Florence Nightingale's case so sort of admirable, because she essentially went against the will of people who supposedly cared about her the most. Now, as long as your, peop- your people who love you and the people around you, as long as they're not oppressing you and trying to make you live a certain life, like if you really want to do something, explain to the people around you who are important to you exactly why you want to do it and you might get a little bit more understanding from them if they're giving you a bit of t- kickback. But for the most part, it really doesn't matter what people say. And another for the most part, is that we often think people are going to say stuff that they absolutely never would. Because that's what our brains do. Because we're humans and we're a little bit silly like that. On that note, there is a chapter called There Are Always More Before They're Accounted. Now, I feel a bit conflicted when he references like colonels and American generals from like the 1850s because I know what America was like in the 1850s. I wasn't there but they weren't being too kind to people who lived in America before Christopher Columbus turned up. Maybe Christopher Columbus went to Australia. I don't know. I'm not a historian, guys. Anyway, there was a lieutenant colonel called Lucis S. Grant. When he was at a camp, a load of his men got really scared because they heard the howl of wolves. 
and it was getting closer. And it was reported that they were all sure that they sounded like it was wolf pack of at least 20. And it was written down that they're like, right, well, our men are not like leaving their tents because they think that a pack of wolves is here. So he and another man, him being the leader, of course, went to go and have a look. They found two wolves literally just playing. And when the wolves noticed them, they ran away. And Ryan Holiday says in the book, he says, the enemies, the critics, they all seem to be more forbid- more formidable than they actually are. So whenever you feel like there's a mismatch of you versus someone or you versus a group of people and you're scared, double take. Count them. How many of them are there? Because whatever you do, like you might get criticised, but just make sure you actually count the amount of people who are criticising you. I can probably count on one hand the amount of people that have criticised me from this podcast and I honestly fear it daily of like genuine criticisms of someone telling me I'm bad not that they think it's a stupid idea because I can just disagree with them that if they think I'm good or bad that's subjective that shit'll hurt (laughs) Um, so always remember to count the wolves because it always sounds like there are more people who are against you before you've counted that was a good chapter there was another chapter called Never Question Another Man's Courage and it was a pretty simple chapter and it was a good story that I'll... Hopefully you'll read it, you know? Because I do want everyone to read this book. Um, it references Epictetus who was shaped by 30 years of slavery and Epictetus would say, until we know someone's reasons, we don't know if they acted wrongly. So, obviously we're pretty quick to jump down people's throats when they do stuff, especially on the internet. But we never really know why people are doing stuff. I feel like on the internet, actually, it's, it's not a very good example. But sometimes politicians, I know they get a bad rap, and most of them are wankers, but we're not in that position that they're in. We're not under the pressure that they're under. We don't know what decisions we'd make there. It's very quick for us to jump at other people, but not enough people are asking what they're doing personally about a situation. It's a lot easier and you get a lot more attention. You're rewarded for this on social media if you shout at others and about others. An example of this, like in real life, quite recently, would be the Insulate Britain people. Maybe Insulate Britain people are listening to this podcast. In that case, hello guys, please make sure that all of your clan listen to this podcast. I don't necessarily think what you're doing is that cool, but Hello. One of them was on the Good Morning Show with uh, Richard Madley um, of Richard and Judy, obviously my nemesis in the podcast charts. And he was shouting so much about the the whole idea in Insulate Britain is it's going to cost about 20 grand per house to insulate the house, which will reduce the amount of energy that we need. That's the general gist of it that I understand. Anyway, one of their like leaders was on the Good Morning Britain show or whatever show Richard is on from Richard and Judy. <laughs> And he was like, so, have you insulated your home? He was like, uh, well, you see, Richard, well, you see, Richard, um, uh, and he couldn't answer it because he hadn't insulated his home. So he's doing all of this stuff, literally, like, super gluing his face to the road for the government to pay for something that he's not actually willing to pay for himself, which I I think the hypocrisy there is, is, a, bit, is a bit mad. So, you know, they're jumping down the government's throat, but... Don't see them insulating their home. But also, what's up everyone from Insulated Britain? Don't forget, tell everyone to listen to this podcast. On that note, everyone who is so kindly listening to this podcast, which I am slightly concerned 
is waffling now, please consider sharing it with a friend. Maybe not this episode. Current feeling that this isn't one of the best. But I've got a little bit of time to redeem myself. Now, he talks in the book about agency and agency being an effective truth. And agency is essentially your belief in your ability to do things. We don't believe in ourselves nearly as much as we should. And that may come down to the fact that we don't push ourselves. That is a chicken and egg scenario. It's like, do we not push ourselves because we believe we don't have agency? Or do we not believe that we have agency because we're not pushing ourselves? Just having agency means being able to act on your will. It's what gets in the way before you act. That is the problem. So when you have an idea of something that you want to do, you like you for the most part can do it or you can learn how to do it that is your sense of agency is your ability let's call it a growth mindset if we're going to be all carol dweck about it that's what you've got to focus on in life is building your sense of agency if you don't believe in yourself at the moment please get something really simple like juggling or some form of skill or like a rubik's cube something it will take you maybe a couple of weeks to be able to do but if you put some repeated practice in place, you'll be able to do it. And afterwards, you'll be like, wow, I can literally do anything because I've just learned to juggle and I couldn't juggle before. I'm speaking from experience here, of course. Another chapter in this book is called Life Happens in Public. Get used to it. So if you have any intention of being really good at something, being recognised in your field or just being good at something, you have to get used to people recognising that. Because life obviously does happen in public. And we live in a society where if you do good things, not always, but most of the time, like you're recognised. As I'm saying that, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I think a lot of people get recognised for stuff that isn't that good, obviously. Um, But maybe that's me just being jealous because I haven't got a really nice bum that I can leverage on the internet. You never know. Um, back to Epictetus again, another stoic man on the subject of life happening in public. He says that if you wish to improve, you have to be content to appear clueless or stupid. A lot of people struggle with this. They don't want to be wrong. But of course, being wrong, here comes a cliche, gets you one step closer to being right. So if you're making any intentions of getting better at something, just forget the fact that you're going to be shit at it. Forget the fact that people are going to see you be bad at it and maybe they'll talk about you. Losers. But maybe that'll be the case. It's something we kind of have to accept. I'm working on it. I'm going to do more things in the public eye for hashtag content, like I said at the start of this. Um, So we can thank Ryan Holiday for that. Um, And if you hate it, you can thank Ryan Holiday for that. Um, Another one, it's quite an important one, is to get up and leave. This one of my favourite chapter is uh, people forget that leaving is almost as courageous as going towards something. People think it's cowardice leaving something, but it is courage in disguise. In the book, there's a quote. I'll, I'll read it to you. Leaving is scary. The end of something can feel kind of like dying. Somewhere or something means uncertainty. It is risky, it is painful, and it requires hard decisions. No one can promise you that next place, the next try will go better. It's pretty certain that continuing to do the same thing in the same way 
in the same place over and over is not just insanity, but eventually a form of cowardice. If you're in a situation that you're not enjoying, if you're in a situation where you're feeling uncomfortable often, and not on purpose uncomfortable like getting in a cold shower, but like genuinely you don't like going somewhere, if you leave that place, you are not a failure. If you have a job that you hate, if people are being a dickhead to you at work, or dickheads, just leave. You're not a failure for leaving. Leaving is really scary. Everyone fears leaving things. And it fucks people up. And it's so annoying because I wish I left my corporate job a year before I did. And I was too scared to do it. And I ended up just getting signed off for being depressed. Which I would not recommend. Bit of free holiday, but you only get 30 days. It's not that cool. I mean, grateful to... I mean, the government for putting that kind of thing in place. But... It just wasn't worth it. If somewhere is bad for your mental health, then really do your best. Read this book, actually, because I'm not going to get the um, message across to you enough, I'm sure. But it is really important that you put yourself first and leave as a priority and don't give yourself a hard time for it and think that you're being a coward just because you've left somewhere. Because that's not how it works. You're doing the brave thing. You're heading into uncertainty and you're not being paralysed by fear. The final chapter that I'm going to go to, just because I'm very conscious of time here, is the braver thing is not to fight. So shout out to my mum for telling me this from a young age. I didn't really listen, but she's always said, oh, you shouldn't fight, you should just walk away. When I was younger, I used to be like, yeah, but how am I going to walk away if someone's punching me, mum? Which maybe has happened once in my life, but I relied on that counter-argument a lot. It is the best thing to do. If you're in a situation, don't fight. Although Gandhi, shout out to Gandhi, said that if you're faced between cowardice and violence, you choose violence. There are very few times I think that violence is acceptable, but if you're in a position where it's very unlikely that you can call the police in time and there is a direct like threat to life or grievous bodily harm, then I think that's kind of time to step in should it be safe to do so. And maybe it's not always safe. And this is a kind of situation where I'd like to think I would do the right thing. I've been in trouble before in my life for thinking I was doing the right thing by protecting someone and not. So what I'm saying is just make sure, of course, I'm just not trying to encourage violence, right? You know, how am I meant to dance around this? I'm talking as if I'm the Queen of England and everyone's going to hang off the every last word I say. But basically, if you're faced between cowardice and violence, choose violence. If you see someone being raped, if you see someone maybe about to be murdered, maybe that is time to step in. Maybe that's time to get get a chair, throw it at them, do something. That's when it's time to step up. But when it comes to not fighting... There is no better example of a good person who would not want to get revenge. If her life depends on it, it would be Malala Yousaf. Back to her. She was literally shot in the head by people in the Taliban and she doesn't want pain back on her attacker. She's been quoted saying that she wouldn't shoot him if she was given the chance. And she chose not to fight. She is one of the most courageous people ever. And, and I've read her book, so like her and her father are both incredible people who display courage to the utmost in the fact that they were doing like the whole non-violent protesting, she kept going to school even though there were threats against her life. And she was like, nah, 
I want an education. You're not going to take that away from me. The amount of like courage and bravery within Malala Yousaf is a joke. And it started with a couple of decisions. And it started because she had a good role model. So if there are parents or aspiring parents listening to this podcast, when it, ta- when it comes to be courageous, be courageous for yourself as well. But for your kids, let them see that. Let them see that you're being courageous because then you can re- like raise someone who is going to be courageous, who when it comes to a decision that most people will be paralyzed by fear at, they will step up to the plate and they will make that decision and they will be effective because they'll be courageous. I'm not a parent though, so obviously (laughs) you don't have to take my advice. But that's the end of the nine chapters of Ryan Holiday's book that I am going to review for you today. I honestly do think everyone should read it. There will be times in your life when you're going to need to be courageous. There are going to be decisions you're going to have to make. There might be conversations with people you're going to have to have that make you feel uncomfortable. There are going to be many, many an occasion when you need to be courageous. And Ryan Holiday makes a very strong case for the fact that not only that you should step up when you need to, but that you absolutely can. And I think what we're saying about agency there is some people do not believe in themselves. A lot of people do not believe in themselves. And when it comes to courage, like a lot of that is believing in yourself or just believing in yourself just enough to make a decision because it is usually like a very small moment in time that will impact the rest of your life. And it will be in that very small moment in time in which you're required to be courageous. Please read the book. If you have men in your life, because Ryan Holiday is a man, of course, he writes about men and all of that. If you have men in your life and they don't really like reading, I'd really like you to get get them this book for Christmas. Because it's very short chapters, it'll be super easy to read. One of the reasons why I'm like, I don't want to let it into my top five, just because it is such a simple and easy to read book with such short chapters, I feel a little bit simplistic. But maybe, after all this time, I'm becoming a book snob which I'd hate, I'd hate to be the case. Um, But look, if that's the path I'm going down, that is the path I'm going down. So get the book for people for Christmas. I think, I think it will really, really help a lot of people. And I think a lot of people are in situations where they need the comforting pat of the back of Ryan Holiday's words. They need the, the guidance from someone who loves philosophy and can write about it pretty well. Almost to the point that he's a robot, kind of well, might I add, just as just as a little negative note on the end, so you don't think I'm being too positive about the book. I did love it, but of course, it's never ever going to be perfect. I'll be back soon with I'm going to review Prisoners of Geography. I'm going to do two book reviews this week because I haven't got any guest episodes because um, I double dropped the other week. As always, though, let's just do some housekeeping. This podcast is also sponsored by Heights. I'm taking a brain care supplement and I absolutely love it. I've been doing it for the last three months. My focus is better. My anxiety is dropping and my sleep is improving. That is the fucking holy trinity of your brain. And Heights take care of it for you. It's about £30 a month if you sign up with a subscription subscription with the discount code need to read that is one pound a day to feel your best and have your brain fully nourished there's lots of literature on their website to explain exactly how they nourish your brain i'm not going to butcher the science for you because i'm just a mere podcaster you know i can't deal with complicated things like that all i know is that it's working for me 
and the discount code need to read with the number two will get you 10% off your subscription. Link is in the description of this episode. There are also links in the description of this episode for BetterHelp, which you said at the start. You can sign up to my emails. Emails is the best place to keep up to date with stuff that's happening from me. I have a real love-hate relationship with Instagram at the moment, and I'm putting a focused effort into reducing my screen time and my time on Instagram. So if you ever have any messages or anything like that, please email them to me as opposed to send them um, on Instagram because I tend not to check those mailboxes very much anymore. I'm trying to live very much more in the world that we are currently in as opposed to the virtual world, which I suggest everyone do. Um, But of course, when you do do your daily scroll, just make sure you like my stuff. It's good for the algorithm, spreads the word gets it in the eyes of the people and makes more people readers because that is what this podcast is all about and it wouldn't be possible without you my dear listener i love you all